1: Hello, and welcome to The Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Alan Scott. First things first, a little business. If you enjoy this podcast, and, well, you're listening, so I'm guessing you do, hopefully, perhaps consider leaving a little rating and view wherever you are listening to the podcast. It really, really does help the show. And because, let's be real, we're talking with some great talent on this podcast, and it should be heard by all kinds of listeners, and you... Dear listener, leaving a review will help get those chats to those listeners. So go do it. It's fun. Thank you. And now let's talk about Marvel movies for a second. I've never been a huge superhero movie person. You know what I mean? I I distinctly remember as a kid laughing hysterically in the movie theater at George Clooney's costume nipples in Batman and Robin. And let's be real. I mean, George Clooney as Batman was already kind of laughable, but that's another story. So when Marvel movies started popping up, I was like, eh, they're probably going to have those weird costume nipples, not for me. And then I watched Iron Man, and then Thor, and then the Avenger movies, and guess what happened? I loved them. They're entertaining, but they're also self-aware. It's like they're in on the joke. And that's just it. So many superhero movies aren't in on the joke. Like, they're men in tights. That's already funny. Hello? So... When it came time for me to chat with Evangeline Lilly, a.k.a. The Wasp, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, I had to ask her about how do Marvel films find that balance? Fortunately for me, she had the same reaction to superhero movies as I always did, Definitely would have been awkward if she was like, I loved George Clooney as Batman. (laughs) No one loved George Clooney as Batman. The latest Ant-Man and the Wasp is the third in the film series, and it finds Scott, a.k.a. Ant-Man, played by Paul Rudd, and Lily's Hope in a place we've never seen them before, as a family unit. Not only are they a couple, but Hope's mother, Janet, played by the incredible Michelle Pfeiffer, is back from the quantum realm and it poses a lot of questions and issues for Hope and her father, Dr. Hank Pym, played by Michael Douglas. Yes, we talked a lot about the film and Marvel, but the most important question I had for Lily was, what was it like having Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas as movie parents? Because, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas, like they're legends. It's insane. So go on, grab a snack, because I'll be right back with Evangeline Lily. And stick around at the end of the show to find out who I'll be chatting with next week on The Parting Shop.
0: This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach. Blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N O O M.com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
1: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash impact.
1: What was it like getting ready for this new film, and what can people expect from the new film?
0: I mean, getting ready for the new film, it's on these franchises, it's always on these particular films, it's always... Um, Challenging because my character, um, she goes through such a massive evolution in every movie um, and has such huge changes that I don't feel like it's as simple as like going back to the same character and putting on the same hat and doing it again. It's like I have to reinvent her every time, but she has to be identifiably still the woman that you met in the first film. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's always challenging. I'm always a little bit out of my skin for the first little while. And sometimes for the whole shoot going like, who is she? And how should I portray her? Yeah. She's so tough and cool. And, um, she's very competent and she's very capable. But then there's this sort of this softness that we that comes through as she starts to heal some of her childhood wounds with her father. And then she reunites with her mother and she falls in love with Scott. And suddenly she's got a stepdaughter. And it's like there's she's she went from being very isolated and very alone and focusing on her work exclusively to now being like a family woman. And that's a very massive shift in just, you know, six short or four short hours, really.
1: Yeah especially for like a superhero yeah <laughs> you know? I mean I know. someone who's That's as country. who's as badass as she is and as smart as she is and as necessary to you know the main character Ant-Man like I mean it's 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 a lot to take on I would think for her character and to have the whole family I mean first off we should acknowledge it's not a bad thing that you come from your character comes from a Michael Douglas and a Michelle Pfeiffer I mean what kind of like like, did you just feel like the coolest person in the world when you found out Michelle Pfeiffer was going to be your mother? Because that would yes. blow me away.
0: Yes, I did. First of all, first of all, I was like, if anyone believes that I could have come from a genetic <laughs> pool of Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas combined, <laughs> that is the biggest flattery I've ever received in my life. I'm yeah. very excited about that. That's so awesome. Um, but but also, I don't know if you know, but when we were shooting Ant-Man 1, I told the filmmakers, and they don't remember this, but I remember this, that if you ever cast someone for to play Janet, like if that ever becomes a thing where she gets to come back and be in the movies, I want Michelle Pfeiffer to play my mom. Wow. And
1: it did happen. Ha- well, I mean, getting Michelle Pfeiffer, because she doesn't, I mean, she's very selective. Oh, yeah. She does So to see her, I remember, because I have to admit, my boyfriend's more of a Marvel person. I'm. I was like, I was slow to the Marvel game, and but we're big Disney people. So we go to the parks a lot. So I was like, I have to understand all of these things. And then he told me Michelle Pfeiffer was gonna be in one. And I was like, okay, I'm sold. You know? yeah.
0: <laughs> you yeah. to- oh man, when we did Avengers Infinity War and we had to do that scene where all of the Avengers are at Tony Stark's funeral. You know? yeah. yeah. So we all gathered and literally we had like 45 mega movie stars in one space at the same time. It was amazing. I- but everybody. Everybody just kept looking over and side-eyeing our little group. And it had nothing to do with me. That was Michelle Pfeiffer. They were all like, oh, my God, it's Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, of all of these megastars, she was, you know, she was the one.
1: I'm glad you just confirmed that. Because when I watched that, I literally was like, they're not all there together. That's
0: insane. It It was amazing. It really was amazing. It was. I've done so many very cool things in my career. Yeah. But that was the biggest pinch me moment. Yeah. yeah. And not just to be there, not just to be included in that, not just to see all of us together, but to be there with Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Douglas and Paul Rudd. I was like, what the hell is happening in my life? That's,
1: I mean, that's kind of, that's sort of what I wanted to ask you about because I feel like, I mean, I followed your career since, well, since Lost, really, since I guess the beginning. I mean, you had been, you've done every act. What no, I love that's, about the you, yeah, that's,
0: that's the beginning. Yeah, that's the beginning.
1: And you've done, but what I love about you is that it really isn't because you've done every aspect of this acting industry. You've done, even before Lost, I remember you were, you. some interview, you talked about doing extra work or other things, like yeah. little things you've done. What? I mean, I would assume getting cast in a Marvel film is like winning the lottery for an actor you know it's like i mean am i wrong is that is that kind of for you okay
0: so first of all we have to talk about like time like at that time um, it wasn't what it is now where everyone's in a Marvel movie. Like at that time, it was pretty special still. I feel like now it's like, if you're not in a Marvel movie, something, you know, like, who is it? Yeah, what, like what happened? What's
1: Meryl waiting for?
0: Yeah, exactly. Come on, Meryl. Get, yeah. get with the program. Tell yeah. in one. I mean, Come you got to be in one. Yeah. Um, but I was like you, I was late to the Marvel game because I wasn't into superhero movies. And so when I first got word that they were interested in meeting me about this film, I was like, no, thanks. I don't want to do a superhero movie. Like I, I didn't have that like jackpot. Yes, I won. I didn't have that um, experience. I was really reticent because I don't I didn't up to then like like superhero movies. My manager said, um, have you seen? movies and i was like no but i've seen superhero movies i don't think i need to see another one to know what they're about like i get it but oh no no these are totally different like this is not your run-of-the-mill superhero movie um they're i'm gonna be i'm gonna go way out on the limb and be very controversial here and say they aren't batman you know like they um they're a different thing And what I and so I was like, okay, well, I'll watch some and see. And so I spent a weekend watching, I don't think like five Marvel movies, probably. And I came away like then feeling like I'd won the jackpot, like, oh, this is really special. These are really tongue in cheek. They're really like self-aware. They're really tackling some pretty relevant current political themes, but they're doing it with such awareness that these are adults in tights. You just can't take it too seriously. And I love that about it. I think that was the thing that previously had always turned me off about Marvel movies was the earnestness. I mean, not Marvel superhero movies, was the earnestness of it. I was like, guys, give me a break. Come on. These are comic books. Like, you can't take it so seriously. And most people don't do that. They they know how to walk that line of having it be serious and also silly. Um and then also in this particular franchise, like we have this beautiful particularity, which is our focus on family and the institution of family, what that can look like, the and and primarily what I would say is the messiness of family. And I think in 2023, there's probably no message I would rather be peddling then get into the mess of relationships instead of running away from them into the safety of the online spaces we can occupy where you don't have to deal with people who think differently than you like family is the hotbed of learning grace and learning tolerance and learning understanding where you're like oh i really don't agree with you but you're my sister so fuck it i have to love you you know And that's a really important, fundamental thing for a human being to learn in in their formative years so that when they go out into the world and they meet someone who thinks differently or who rubs up against them wrong or they don't particularly like or agree with, they can find love for them. They can still understand that there's things worth loving in that person. And our our film, this particular one. It really gets into the messiness of family. And, you know, Janet's back from the the quantum realm. And hope had all of these ideas about how idealistic and amazing it was going to be to have her mommy back. And she was going to have this, they were going to be best friends. They're going to tell each other everything and everything was going to be beautiful. And then the reality isn't like that. Her mom has a lot of secrets and she's not disclosing a lot of what happened to her down there. And she's cagey and she's kind of removed. And there's like a wall between them and it's breaking hope's heart, but hope being hope her reaction when things are breaking her heart is she just gets pissed. Yeah. <laughs> she gets mad. That's her nature. She's like, You're hurting me. Well, fuck you. I don't like <laughs> this and I'm not going to be okay with it and I'm not going to put up with it. Yeah. And so there's a lot of tension and that tension has to be worked through. And I like that. I like bringing that message out to the world right now.
1: Yeah. There's something up, you know, I, it's so funny you say that because I remember. When I watched the first film, I like I said, I was slow to Marvel and I had to be convinced because I was like, I'm not going to like Ant-Man. Like, what am I?
0: am oh, like, nice. like,
1: Like, Thor, I get. Like, you know, muscle, like yes. whatever. Like, I get. Yes. Like, I'm into it. But like, Ant-Man, what am I going to like? I love Paul Rudd, but what am I going to like? And then I watched it and I remember I'm a sucker because I don't have a relationship with my father, so I'm a sucker for like any sort of like father, kid, dysfunctional family sort of story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, holy hell, this is like... a a statement on sort of family and the dynamics of family and like different structures of family and different types of and even as a queer person, different types of family and like how we all sort of like come together in weird ways. And over the course of the series of films, and I'm so glad you said that about this new film, it really has been that, that that's sort of like, how do we relate to each other? How do we sort of connect with each other? And for your character and for what you do, I love there's really not another Marvel film where like, you know, Ant-Man is sort of the title character. And that you get to be sort of like in the mix with that character while also being in love with that character, while also raising a family with that like it's so meta and complicated and lovely, don't you think?
0: <laughs> yes, I do. I agree. And I think that is um really I just did ADR for the movie. Do you know what additional yeah. dialogue? Yeah, yeah. So, Voice
1: over stuff, right? That,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I got to see um I got to see the, like one of the ending scenes of this movie that I was really, 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 really hopeful about because it culminates everything that you just described into like one intense moment. And I I didn't get to see the whole thing, but I saw a, just a piece of it. And I felt like it was such a satisfying payoff for what you were just describing, like, by that time we'll have been through three films and like a couple, you know, the Avengers end game together. And um, it is complicated and, and they are like, there's such separate entities like Ant-Man and the Wasp almost could be two separate franchises that somehow ended up getting smashed together in the same film, like, cause they're just such different things. Um, and I love seeing that get smashed together in a way that feels complicated and layered and in a superhero movie. I mean, how often do you get that?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't. One of the things that I love about Marvel, at least, is like you were saying, like, it's not like Batman in that in Batman, they just do it over. You know what I mean? They cast someone new. It's a new story. It's a new everything. Whereas this it's like, well, no, Marvel allows their characters to evolve, not only with time, I think, and the change of time and how we how we're talking about subjects and different things now, but the characters then also evolve and become more inclusive or become more diverse or become different in a way, which I think is sort of even your character. I mean, in the first film, you were, of course, integral, but now you're just such a key player. And I think that's a reflection of the time of what fans are saying what we want from Marvel. We want more diversity. We want more inclusiveness, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree. Although I can say that in the first film, that was always the intention because um, I read the script. And from the get go, at the end, she gets her suit. I so Marvel, I always feel like they're just slightly ahead of the curve in that way. And and the only way you can be on the pulse in Hollywood is if you're ahead. Because, of course, these films get made like two years before you see them. Yeah. And they get written like three or four years before you see them. The initial ideas are all being, you know, worked out years before they come out. So they have to somehow be almost a little bit prophetic in understanding what's going on in the culture and where we're headed. And I think that the way they accomplish that is not by some like mystical, magical power, but is by allowing the voice of artists to be heard. Because I think artists are often our prophets in society today. We we don't have a highly religious culture, but that doesn't mean those people who have those gifts have just disappeared. Mm-hmm. It just means that they've found other outlets that are more socially acceptable through which to exercise their voice. And I think that Marvel do make space for that. They're always looking for people's ideas and thoughts. And, um, they're very collaborative. And I think by giving creatives and artists space, they end up tapping into what we've seen in the sci-fi genre for decades is a certain prophetic understanding of humanity.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely. Oh, I love that you said that because I, I so see that. And I'm sort of like, I always think like for me, movies are like my church in a lot of ways. Like I, I love film. I love television, but I love film. And I, I, I've always kind of thought that so i love that you just said that that's so that's so perfect now i do have to ask you though because you are i mean you've 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 done a lot of things but like the anchor things the things that like fans stop you on the street for i imagine before ant-man it was always lost are people stopping you more for ant-man now are they still coming at you about lost and asking you about the last episode
0: I mean, I'm going to throw the Hobbit in there because that was a, that was a bridge between the two that I spent a lot of time with that being the, I feel like I'm always saying to people, it's a generational thing. So if you are, if you are 40 or above, then it's lost. If you are 30 and above, then it's the Hobbit. (laughs) And if you are anything under that, it's probably Ant-Man. But the reality is that still to this day, I would say that, the character that I am most beloved for is still Kate. Yeah. I think that's just what happens. Like as first of all, it's serial it's television and television has a way more profound impact on the inner psyche than a movie does because those people are in your living room while you're in your pajamas week after week after week after week. week, And you go on these very long journeys with them and you become very emotionally attached to them. So I feel that still, that I still get, I still get called Kate more than anything. Wow. Um, But I feel like the kids, of course, like most of them haven't even seen Lost yet. Although I trip out because sometimes I'll have like a, like an 18 year old come up to me and say, Oh my God, I love Lost. And I'm like, you watched Lost? Like (laughs) Lost was finished airing before you were born. (laughs) That's That's amazing.
1: I love that though. I mean, there is something to that in that these characters, especially on television, these characters, they kind of become almost... Touchstones for like how we perceive you. And even though you don't want to be defined by one character, it's sort of like, it's, it's fun. It's kind of like the, the John Krasinski or Will Smith impact on sort of like, we know we were introduced to them because of this one thing. And then to see someone like you or them or whatever, the whole list of other people to go on and do these other things, we still always have that touchstone in our hearts for that one. But now we get more excited for the other things too, you know?
0: I feel like what happens in this, you know, really, really lovely gift is that people root for you in the other things. Yeah. But they're not as invested. Cause in a way, they're like, I want her to be successful and I want everything to be great for her because she was my Kate and I love Kate, but I kind of don't want her to be anything but Kate. So, <laughs> <laughs> so-
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're
0: rooting for you, but they're not invested in the other ones. Like, but don't be too much that one because you have to stay Kate.
1: Yes, yes, of course, of course. Well, I need to ask you my last question for you is your book series. What inspired it? And like, is it sort of like a creative side project that you love or like what is it that makes you keep doing it?
0: Well, um, what makes me keep doing it is all I want to do. Yeah. So I've, I've I've said it before and um, you know, I'll say it again, but acting is my day job. Mm. and writing is my passion. it's what I love to do so um uh, many of us can relate to the idea that people always say whatever it is that you would do if no one paid you to do it yeah um and it and it makes you like at the end of the day you feel full of joy from having done it that's what you want to try to do for a living if you can yeah and for me that's writing and I've been writing my whole life I've been I've always been much much more of a writer than an actor mm. and acting kind of happened. A little bit by accident, like it was a it was a funny twist of fate that brought me into acting. Mm -hmm. Whereas I wrote the initial Squicker Wonker's poem when I was fourteen. Wow! Yeah, and I'm always encouraging young people like you have amazing ideas right now because you're so unadulterated. Your mind is still so virgin. You haven't seen so much content. You have well. Nowadays maybe kids have, yeah. but, you, <laughs> yes. but you still have like I think your creativity is like enormously intact when you're still mm-hmm. young like that. And I had written the original poem and then when I was working on The Hobbit, um, I paired up with Johnny Fraser Allen of the Weta Workshop to illustrate that poem with me, although I'd completely rewritten it by then. And now of course it's gonna be a A series of 20 books. That's insane. Um, but that's what happens when you have a story in your head for like 35 years, is it just growing and growing and growing and growing? And I there's nothing I love doing more than the audiobooks because I really get to let my weird flag fly. (laughs) So I do all 10 voices and half of them are legal. Yes. (laughs) Wow. And I work with the composer to create like this quirky soundtrack and sound effects. And I work with everybody. Like I'm very, very in the trenches. It's a kind of a one, one woman project. I do it all myself. And um, like, I even, you know, put together packages and send out books to people. Like you I it's a, I'm really, really grassroots kind of thing yeah. for now. I mean, I'm, I'm right now. I'm focused still on my acting career because I have kids yeah. at home and, you know, i got to, bring home the bacon yeah Yeah. Um, but the goal is for eventually me to be able to turn my attention to them more and and eventually put them on the screen and you know make make larger out of them it's very much the alt kid space they're dark yeah there's a little sinister yeah. And they're supposed to be funny in that. Like, I love dark humor. Yeah. Um. I'm, I'm a big fan of Edgar Wright. I mean, he was supposed yeah. to direct the first Ant-Man movie and like that Shaun of the Dead kind of humor.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, this is prepping kids for that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we need more of that because I remember when I was a kid, I probably would have loved these the whole series of books that you do. But I also remember thinking to myself, I don't want to see the person win all the time. I don't want to see a good person win. I want to see I want to see some sort of like complicated, not quite evil, but like, you know, kids like me who always had something fun to say but also maybe critical
0: to say. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I I was a fan of Edward Gorey. He's got this hmm. story called The Dwindling Party and this little boy he goes to a museum. And at the museum, it's the museum of monsters. These monsters start coming out of the woodwork and one by one eating his family. And so his family, he goes in with like six of his family members and comes out an orphan. Yeah. And, that, and that's the end. That's bada boom, like close the book, it's over. <laughs> and I remember as a kid being like, that's fucking funny. Like I knew it was funny. And I love that this author knew that I could get the joke. Yeah. he didn't yeah. have to like ho- hold me with kid gloves and like totally so sanitary for me. Cause I was a kid. I was like, I get that. That's funny. I know what you're doing. And I love <sighs> that. You know, that I know, Yeah, you know, I'm like, it's like the wink and the nudge with the kid. Oh, like, I love you guys. Love that that you just said that
1: you. because I distinctly remember in like second grade telling my teacher, I wanted Madonna and Tom Cruise to be my parents. <laughs> I hated, because I actually hated my parents. And my teacher was like, that's a mean thing to say. And I was like, no it's not it's funny and that's I just kept saying yes, it over and over
0: exactly. and over again i think that's why i fell in love with my partner and the father of my children was yeah. I, he got my very dark and sinister humor and he didn't think i, I was that. being an asshole. he was like no she's just funny I love
1: that. <laughs> well thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today i really do appreciate it such a pleasure are you going to see ant-man and the wasp Quantumania in the movie theater i mean marvel films are just the type of films that you have to see in a movie theater. It's just, they're they're popcorn movies. I I mean, I don't really get the popcorn. I'm more of like a hot dog and maybe Twizzlers with a root beer. Oh my God, I get the Coke forever machines or whatever they're called, where you can make like all kinds of different versions of Coke. I get the root beer zero and it's just, it's everything that I need in a day. Um, And a large too, which then I means I have to go to the bathroom midway through the movie, whatever. This is my personal life and There are problems with my plan, but I enjoy doing it nonetheless. Thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you liked what you just heard, you know what to do. I told you at the beginning, leave a little rating and review, and you can share it on social media. And you can tag me at Scott when you do, because I would love to hear from you. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. And while you're at Newsweek.com, go and subscribe to the For the Culture newsletter. It's my newsletter. So I'm biased, but I think it's pretty incredible. On the next episode, I'll be chatting with Michael Schulman about his fantastic new book, Oscar Wars, a history of Hollywood in gold, sweat, and tears. Honestly, it's like the Bible of the history of the Oscars. And as an Oscar buff, I read it cover to cover. And there's like a lot of pages in it. So I did a lot of reading. So you should listen to that conversation. And if you're a movie buff or an awards fanatic like me, you're going to love our chat. So look for that next week. Until then watch something fun, and have a great day.